Coat Agents Podcast. Welcome to the Lab Coat Agents Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the Lab Coat Agents Marketing Center. The LCA Marketing Center is designed specifically for the real estate world. It's a design center for marketing that has templates created so you can just plug and play. From flyers, postcards, buyer presentations, to open house signs and Instagram posts. Check it out for free for seven days at lcamarketingcenter.com. In episode number five, Howard Tager, the CEO of YLOPO, discusses the pulverizing topic on why the real estate community spends a lot of time talking about the brokerages that are becoming tech companies. Meanwhile, many tech companies are gradually turning into brokerages, dipping into agent commissions. What can you do to compete with the iBuyer model? Is there a way to steer consumers away from the portals and bring them into your ecosystems? Take a listen in. Hey, Lab Code Agents. Welcome to the Lab Code Agents podcast. Completely different to everything else we do. Here, we try to isolate some amazing content with great people. And today, I've got what I like to call my partner in crime, Jeff Fitzer. I can never spell his last name. Jeff, that's your fault. Today we've got Howard Tager, not Howard Tiger. Howard Tager. For those of you who don't know Howard, Jeff, tell us about Howard. Oh yeah, let me tell you about Howard. He's <laughs> one of the smartest guys I've ever uh, had the pleasure of conversing with, and now we have the pleasure of conversing with him today. Uh, ironically, the original what founder owner of Tiger Leads, and currently today of Wailopo fame, and we'll have you tell us a little bit more about that, and then we'll talk yeah. about what the hell's going on in the industry. Well, legend Howard. has it, Howard, that when you were two years old, you sold your first company. Is that true? Uh, not quite, too. I was young when I sold my first company, but not, not All right. quite. Too. All right, then Dan Legends are lying again. All right, the so. Thing is my first company was in the, in the SAT prep business, which is getting a lot of headlines right now, isn't it? Dude, a lot, which is nuts. That was the first business uh, I started out of college. You know what? You bring up a good point. Howard, tell us a little bit about your history. Tell us what led you to where you are today. So I found out pretty early on that if I worked for anyone else, they would fire me. <laughs> so I didn't have a choice. I had to own my own company or I would have been fired. I'm just not manageable. So uh, I'd fire you, damn it. You're I know fired. you would. I know. I, I, yeah. Everyone would fire me. So... I learned really early on that I loved running a real hands-on business. You know, I love that process of starting something from just an idea and literally bootstrapping it and starting it in your living room and seeing it grow and more employees coming and solving problems. And I just was really, really lucky to very early on in my, in my career find out what I enjoyed. And so, you know, that's kind of what I am. I'm sort of a serial entrepreneur. And uh, every single company we've started literally like in my living room or my dining room watching the pennies and just a few people working around a table and then it's grown. And it's just amazing now to see where we're at. It's all, Wailopo right now is the biggest company that, I mean, we're still a small company in the scheme of things, but it's the biggest company I've ever owned. You know, we're growing at 100%, you know, year over year. We've got people, you know, we've got a staff of like 100 now worldwide. And I know it, I literally started it at this dining room table. It's Friday afternoon, so I'm working from home today. But yeah. Is it, uh, 
would you consider Y Lopo to be like, how, how do you feel in comparison to starting two previous companies and Y Lopo now? How do you feel about Y Lopo? Is it like the coolest thing you've done or would you say it's, it's a second? What do you think? Yeah, so they all feel great. You know, they all feel great at the time. I was passionate about my first company, Ivy West. Uh, we became the largest test prep and tutoring company in the state of California. I was super passionate, as everyone knows, about Tiger Lead because for both of those companies, we did something different. We weren't just like, oh, we're copying other people. Like we literally did something different that was transformative for the for the business that we were in. And for Wailopo, it's the same thing. I mean, the symbolism of Wailopo is the last five letters of the word monopoly spelled backwards, turning the ultimate game of real estate technology on its head. So that's kind of the symbolism. So while everybody was going this way and everyone's building these all-in-one solutions where your CRM, your, your site, your search site, your marketing, we're going to try and do everything and be all things to all people, we went the other way. Because we had founded that a long time ago in 2007 with Tiger League. Now we've gone the other way and we're saying, look, now there's like tons of CRMs out there, right? And there's tons of companies in their little functional silos. And so we're all about integration. We're building behind the scenes like really badass integration technology. Like we're taking that to the next level. So, so whatever CRM you want to use or whatever, you know, nurture you want to use or whatever it is, like it'll integrate with all the stuff we're doing. Like, so we focus, we stay on our lane. We're everything about building your brand, everything about digital marketing, everything about lead nurture, AI lead nurture, remarketing, all that stuff. So I would say that this is absolutely the best management team, executive team, co-ownership squad I've ever had. So it's a joy coming to work with these guys every day. If we argue about stuff, we're all on the same team. Like we're just trying to get to the next level together. There's no emotion involved. We feel passionate about it. We always resolve on the same page. Like we move forward. It's just, it's really been an amazing ride. With that though, I have a pretty deep question for you in regards to that. If you or G were in a wrestling ring together, who would win? Uh, so G does outweigh me. So I would be in the wrong weight class. Are you listening to that, G? He called you fat. I did not say that. I just said that we, you know, fighters, wrestlers, they're always in the proper weight class. Now I would say to, you know, Mike, sounds Ber like you would lose. I would say to Mike and Long from RG Realty that I am crushing them on the push-up challenge right now. Wait, so, what's the push-up challenge before we get started here? What's the, so what we, is got this? A few, we got a few real estate agents out there, and every day we check in with each other. We, we have to do push-ups every day. There was a recent article in the last few weeks that if you can actually do 40 or more push-ups, you have a significantly lower risk of heart disease and all that kind of stuff. Now, there's a lot of variables associated with that, but the bottom line is you want to get to 40 push-ups straight or more. I, I think Mike's stuck on 73 and a half. Holy crap. Uh, significantly younger than me too. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the eighties now somewhere shooting for a hundred in a row. Wow. So, okay. So, so, so to, just to finally answer your question, like we've literally been at rock bottom with Wailopa. Like in the early years, we had such amazing challenges, you know, things that we almost didn't recover from and we just persevered. Like we had such struggles. If I like tell you these things, you wouldn't even believe it. Like how many times we almost lost the company. And it's from those struggles, we got so strong, we didn't quit. And now like this last year has been absolutely amazing. And the year ahead is incredible. So yes, I am completely fired up. But there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the real estate industry. I mean, the change that's going on is I've never seen anything like it in well, the, more than a decade I've been in the business. 
that's what I wanted to touch on here. And to be fair to, to people that are listening in, I've been blessed, hashtag blessed. I've been blessed to follow along with Howard from close to the beginning of, of them being with Wailopo. And one thing that he's not going to tell you is that they've, they've also shifted from thinking that Wailopo was one type of a company to shift to a different type of a company. And I've seen them scratch things completely off of their chart and then go a completely different way. And he's never been afraid to lead that way. And so knowing that with the shifts that happen continually in, in just our world, the tech world and the real estate world, it's cool, Howard, that you guys have been able to shift so quickly because what's happening now in the real estate world now that pertains to us here for everybody listening is that nobody's talking about the shift we're in. Everybody's waiting for a, a market shift that hasn't really happened throughout the whole nation. And yet we're in the middle of a tech shift in the real estate world that nobody's telling us about, man. I mean, we barely touched on it last week in Lab Coats where we all jumped in and talked about the portals and how Realtor.com is changing that side of it. But Howard, what shift are we in? Well, I think we, we, do, we do hear about it. Like we do read the headlines or we see the headlines and whether we read the article or not, we do see the headlines, but we're all in our day-to-day business, right? We're all hustling for business. We've got to get buyers in contract. We've got to get listings signed. And we keep hustling and we focus on the day-to-day because we've got to pay the bills. So the problem with that is that then at some point, the shift that we're telling you about, then it just happens. And all of a sudden, you know, the anvil just drops and then everyone panics, right? So, you know, I've always been the kind of person where I'm trying to look around the corner. You know, there's a little company out there called Google. Well, Google did not have a vision initially about doing pay-per-click ads, right? They built their entire company on paid search. That was not part of their original mission, right? Amazon was just selling books. And, you know, Apple has shifted. We've seen Apple shifted, right, uh, under Steve Jobs. You've got to kind of go down this lane, go down this lane, and then find your lane. And I think that's what what we've done. But but what, what I can see very clearly now is, you know, brokerages are trying to shift and become tech companies, right? And tech companies are becoming brokerages. So no one really talks about that. There's this convergence, and eventually they all become the same animal, potentially. You know what I'm saying, right? So for the longest time, brokerages were not really giving people lots of tech. They were giving them branding. They were running conferences, Mm -hmm. giving them a home, and rah-rah, education, coaching, this and that. But they've realized now, with the rise of the tech companies and and the portals and all that, they want to take control over all the tech because that's the way they think they can keep agents in their particular system and how they can mm-hmm. recruit other agents, right? So you're seeing the shift. Every single brand, KW, Remax, uh, everybody, Berkshire, everybody is upset. You know, Compass, they're all obsessing about tech because that's how they're going to try to grow their teams, keep their teams, Right. Uh, agents. But on the other side, the tech companies who should have been pure digital marketing and tech companies are now reaching in to agents' commissions. 
And the only way they can reach into agents' commissions is by technically being a brokerage. They're technically a brokerage. And some people are afraid that they've actually found the secret sauce, which is to not actually have to necessarily have agents directly work for them, but they can still go in and grab 30%, 40%, eventually 50% of the agents' commissions, even though those agents technically work in another brokerage. So they kind of get the best of both worlds. They don't have all the operating costs of actually having to to run and manage all the agents, but they're getting their commission splits. And then they're launching affiliated services. So that's another huge change in the industry. It used to be there were lending companies, there were title companies, there were escrow companies, and there were agents. Well, now they're almost thinking about, they're almost thinking about real estate as a class, classic retail loss leader, meaning come on in, buy these whatever tires for free, but while you're in, you're going to see all of the other auto parts that we sell. And you're there, so you might as well buy them. We'll buy the car, but then we're going to sell you the warranty, the service, the financing, the improvements, the upgrades. That's where we make all our money, right? So we've got to be careful about that because, again, you see, you see these companies that are becoming all things to all people. And they are absolutely going after the affiliated services business. They're going after mortgage. They're going after escrow. They're going after title. So this is kind of what I see, you know, happening, this big convergence. And at the end of the day, it's going to be those companies that get in front of the consumer, stay in front of the consumer, they will control everything. Because if you have the consumer, right, then the agents will follow. So then, dude, that was perfect because you led in right into my question. I I love how we didn't practice this. Thank you, Howard. So then who's got it right, Howard? Because I'm looking at, and look, I'm a Keller Williams agent, but is Keller Williams and, and Rheology and, and all these companies that are worried about tech and tech for agents and technology for their database and all this stuff that they're building for agents, and yet Zillow, Realtor.com, all these other companies are focusing on the consumer, Who's got it right, dude? Should we focus on the consumer? Should these big brokerages focus on technology for agents or should they focus on the tech for the consumers? Yeah, so I think that you know, our job here today is to help single agents, you know, small teams, medium-sized teams, large teams. That, that would be, our, I think, our goal here today, right? Yep. The question with all this stuff that's going on in the background, what do you do? And I think you've got to make sure that you are constantly, every single day, every single week, every single month, building your own database of consumers. Because you never know when a consumer moves from just an aspiring consumer, meaning they're 12 months out, right? They're just, someday they know they're going to buy a bigger house, a smaller house, they're going to move to another town, they're going to buy a second home, whatever they're going to do, right? But you've got to figure out a way to get in front of those people, keep those people close. So when they start coming down the funnel a little bit and go into what I call the active researching phase, Mm -hmm. that they're doing that with you. They're not doing that with the portals, right? They're not doing it on Zillow, Realtor.com, Trulia, Redfin, wherever else. They've got to be doing it in your own ecosystem. And you know, those ecosystems are available. So single agents, small teams, teams, they can build their own ecosystems. They can do marketing. They can bring these people in no matter what level of interest that consumer is at because 
The lead nurture technology that's being built that we're focusing on, for example, is so robust now, you can keep consumers close for as long as it takes for them to move from aspiring to hard researching to ready to transact, right? So as they move yep. from 12 months plus out to six to 12 months to zero to six months, there's technology now that keeps an eye on them. So the biggest advice I can give folks is, you know, first off, don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's, that's number one. So if your entire business is based on buying a particular type of lead from one company or like entirely built on, on buying leads from portals, you've got to be careful because that we're going to keep shifting, right? It's going to start with, you know, 35% commission splits and then 40, then 45, then 50. There's nothing stopping them. And then it's not going to be that. I think it's going to be like, okay, well, you know, it'd be 50-50 commission splits and we're only going to get leads to those folks who are using our own affiliated services. So I think you've got to be careful, right? And you've got to start diversifying and you've got to build your database. Your database becomes your most valuable asset. And if you have the technologies, which are now available to even single solo agents, right? To can constantly nurture these people, keep them close, keep them on your own site, right? Your own mm -hmm. home search experience, constantly watching what they're doing. You'll, you'll literally, you know, can be tapped on the shoulder and say, oh, this person just looked at a home for the fourth time, or this person yep. just shared a home with a significant other, or this person just favored 10 homes. And you need to control that, right? So you have to control your own tech control your database, keep growing your database, because then that becomes the gift that keeps on giving. And if you just let some other big company control that database for you, right? You throw all your mm -hmm. leads into their database and now they own it, you've lost control, right? Or if you clearly rely on one other lead source, you've lost control. And what value are you building for your own, for your own business? At, at the end of the day, Tristan, I don't think that we're gonna we're see you know, a situation where you know, the agent gets disintermediated. There will be a percentage of any market mm -hmm. that want to do a complete sort of I buyer, <laughs> I seller program. It'll be a percentage of the market. It'll be a small percentage of the market, okay? At the end of the day, this is mm -hmm. a transaction, which is the largest financial transaction for any consumer. It is an emotional transaction. Mm -hmm. It's a hairy transaction with lots of complexities, lots of legal ramifications, lots of paperwork. So people have to stop thinking about how to disintermediate agents. They have to stop thinking about how to squeeze agents on their commissions, okay? Because agents are not salespeople. They're counselors, they're advocates, they're therapists, they're consultants, they're advisors, and they're worth every penny that they make. And, and, and people who just characterize them as like car salesmen don't understand what a real estate agent does. So, you know, people use analogies like, oh, But what do you have, dude? You have coaches telling people, telling the industry that we're salespeople at the core. I mean, what do you tell those people? Because we hear what you're saying, which is great. It makes so, me okay, blush. So I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell that coach. Uh, yeah, I'll tell that coach. Like, look at the stock trading business. Everyone uses that, that analogy. Well, you know, there's E-Trade and there's, you know, now there's Schwab and TD Ameritrade and there's all this stuff, right? And so you're just going to buy and sell shares, right? Well, look, if you want to buy and sell shares of Amazon, like, you know, there's so much information online and maybe you're moving, maybe you're betting a thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, whatever it is, right? But if you've got yeah, a yeah. if you've got a massive portfolio that is the most significant portion of your assets, you're gonna have a trusted advisor, right? I mean, there's a whole industry on that. True. And that's the point I'm trying to make. The best analogy is probably legal. Okay. So this coach who's telling everyone, like, yeah, it's just gonna become this commoditized, you know, situation. Well, okay. 
if that coach was worth their entire you know net worth was fifty thousand dollars, they could go to LegalZoom or Nolo Press and they can draw up a simple will and they're fine, right? But if that coach is worth yep two million dollars or five million dollars or ten million dollars, you think they're going to do all their estate planning on Nolo Press <laughs> or LegalZoom? Absolutely not. Yeah, they're going to no. they're going to hire a really really trusted attorney who's going to put together a complete list of wills, trusts, advanced healthcare directives, asset protect, like all this stuff, right? And this is the point I'm making, which is okay. for most people, the purchase and the sale of a home is by far their largest transaction, okay? Yes, there will be a portion of people that buy their cars on Carvana, right? Or two car, whatever it is. Yeah, it is, of course. It is, it is a big purchase for them, but it doesn't come close to the size of a real estate transaction. Okay, so then help the listeners understand how to serve the consumer better because I'm looking at the NAR stats that come out every year. And one of the stats is it shows what sellers most want from real estate agents, right? Number one is help sellers market home to potential buyers, right? That's number one. Number two, help sell home within specific time frame. And then number three, help price home competitively. Those are the three. Now, the problem that I see is that companies like Open Door, they solve that problem for the consumer. How do we compete against that? I think ultimately every consumer wants to save dollars. Okay. So statistics, damn life statistics, whatever polls say, ultimately buyers want a better price on this massive investment. And sellers want the most money that they can get for their home. Sorry, can't convince me otherwise. I've bought and sold many. I agree with you on that. Yeah, and I agree with that. Emotional investment in their home. And they're like, F you, my home's not worth that. Right. Now, again, it's statistics. Okay. Hey, guys, yes, there's always a percentage of the market they need to get out. They got to get out. They're going to take a hit on the price. They got to get out. But it's not the majority of the market. Right. So we have to think about that as we are meeting with sellers, we need to meet with them and say, we're going to get you, we're going to get you the best price for your house. How are we going to do this? Well, we're not going to just put your house on the MLS. We are badass digital marketers. We're going to get your home in front of every single person and other agent who may have a buyer in this market. And here's how we're going to do it. And we go back to the importance of having a database because you can literally walk into a listing presentation and say, I've already got the buyers. Look at the size of this database. And I've actually come in here showing you a list of the people who are looking in this exact neighborhood, this zip code, this price range. I've got them. What other agent does that, right? So you've got to show them a marketing program. You want to go in there and say, look, every other agent you meet with is just going to put your house in the MLS. They're going to run some open house. They're going to do what everyone else is going to do. But here's what I'm going to do. And you show them a specific marketing program that is completely unique. You're going to get their house in front of everybody in the geosphere, whether it's all the other agent professionals, as well as obviously all of the consumers. That's really, really critical. On the buyer side, you've got to have USPs. You've got to have unique selling propositions on the buyer side. And again, you've got to figure out how to get across the message that there's a variety of things you can do and everyone has tricks of the trade, but think about, write them down, brainstorm for yourself. All my clients have different USPs. What are the unique selling propositions for you as a buyer's agent? Also specifically think about how you're gonna save them money. 
Come up with concrete ways to save them money. Negotiated discounts you have with the lenders. Negotiated just for your consumers. Negotiated discounts on escrow, on title, on home inspection, on warranties. You know, give them a warranty. Have a VIP home buyer discount card that's worth $5,000, $10,000, okay? Differentiate yourself with these unique selling propositions. Let me ask you something about that. You say negotiate discounts, but isn't that kind of hypocritical saying that we don't want the other big conglomerates to get into my, the business and take my commission, but now I'm going to go ask title mortgage insurance to discount theirs? Because isn't, aren't we talking, I mean, it's about service, right? We want to, we want to give the best service, the, you know, the best experience. So how can you, how can you justify saying that? It's easy for me to say that because I'm coming from the other side. Just curious yeah. to hear your reaction to that. So I think that, for example, lenders, they've already got their own unique selling propositions, right? You're a lender, Jeff, and you've already got your own stuff like, hey, you know, we're not going to charge you this fee or we're going to be able to waive this or whatever it is, right? It's really the realtor just understanding that and being able to package it as something that they can get for the consumer. You're already, you've already got your sort of discounts to compete with your mortgage competitors, right? Of course. You're not running around there saying, hey, I'm the biggest full price lender with the most fees and closing costs. That's not what you're running around saying. You're saying the opposite. So as long as your agent, you know, friends know that, they can say, I know Jeff, I'm going to get him to cut this fee, that whatever, right? But that's just one little thing. The agent also can pay for a $300 home warranty. Like not all agents are doing that. Pony up on 300 bucks, right? Say, by the way, when you buy with me, you're going to get some peace of mind. I will actually buy a home warranty for you. They don't even know, like, they can think that's really expensive. It's not that expensive, right? So you've got to be creative, you know, about it. And I think that the agents, um, affiliated, you know, partners, the folks that they can send business to, they're happy to pass on, you know, for example, like, we, you know, with, with LabCo, Right. So with LabCoat, like anyone who comes to us through, through LabCoat, we, we do not have a business arrangement with LabCoat. We don't pay LabCoat. But LabCoat wanted to pass something on to its consumers, right? So Tristan and I wrestled, and I lost, right? He does outweigh me, okay? So I lost. And oh, you're calling me fat. I, I am. So, so, <laughs> I'm, you know, so basically, like, you know, we, we take off 50% on the setup fee, right? So anyone that, that says... Labco told, told us about it. We want that, right? So that's, his, that's a unique selling proposition for him. I'm just using an example. So I think you can be, you can be creative about this. And ultimately, you know, I, I think a little bit of the scam is that as the market turns and all markets turn, we've been a 10-year bull market. Bull you market. think these companies are going to sit on a huge amount of inventory? They're going to keep buying, buying, buying homes when homes are sitting? Everyone has a short memory. But when a market turns... You know, you want buyers. You don't really want sellers. Everybody wants sellers now. And for the last 10 years, everybody wanted sellers. But yep. everyone forgets when a market turns, your listings sit longer. They statistically sit longer. That will crush the people who are in the iBuyer business. So what they're going to realize, and I can already predict it, they have just produced the world's greatest seller lead program, right? So come on in. We'll bid on your home. Oh, and by the way, we want you to meet with this agent. And I think where they'll go is they'll, they'll send it out to three agents. If they have their hands into the commission splits, if they have their hands into the pockets of the agents and they send it out to three agents, that iBuyer program, that tech company, they don't care who wins it because if any one of those three agents win the listing, they're going to get paid their 35% or eventually get paid their 50%. And I just think it's a shame. I just think it's a shame that these marketing companies and tech companies that were there to supposedly 
service agents, help agents, help them produce great viable leads are now going directly into their pocketbooks and taking commissions. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. So Howard, let's go in deeper, man, because we've been talking for, for quite a few minutes now. Let's go in deeper. I buyer. How do we, as real estate agents, how do we compete against Zillow, Realtor.com, Open Door, even brokerages that have a big presence online like Redfin? How do we compete against those as agents of like traditional brokerages like a Century 21, Remax, Berkshire, Keller Williams? How do we compete against them? So, you know, you have an advantage where you can do your hyper local marketing to your exact geographic sphere. Okay. Whereas the big guys have to do massive sort of national ads to drive them to portals and stuff like that. So, you know, one of the really creative ideas in terms of competing with the iBuyer programs is get yourself three to five iBuyers. So in other words, get yourself three to five investors in your market who you know do buy homes and will look at buying homes, right? Because they okay. flip, they remodel, they do all this stuff. Use it the same way these big guys are going to use it. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to sell this home to this investor that you know. But the fact that you can now, in a concerted, process-oriented marketing campaign, constantly get out to your entire geographic sphere, we've got three to five instant buyers of your home, right? Let's get this thing priced. Well, the people that respond to that, guess what? World's greatest seller lead for you, okay? And what you may find is that, again, very few of the homes are actually being purchased by, and, the, and, and I'm not saying do anything, you know, that's not legitimate. Like you legitimately have three to five investors that buy homes, but the percentage of time that they buy the homes will be probably pretty small. But now you were just told that this is person, someone who wants to sell. Now, what do you do? At this point, you need to go through like all the fees and all the other catches, right? That happen when they go through an iBuyer program and they hit the probably going to take on price. And now you've got to say, look, we've got the buyers for your house. Look at our database that we've been building because you're following advice number one, right? We have mm -hmm. this massive uh, marketing program. We're going to put your house on the way. Local listing rocket program. Sorry, shameless self-plug. We're going to get your house everywhere. We're going right? to bleep that out. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. We're going to get your house everywhere, okay? And we're going to get you the most money possible for your house. And you're, are you going to win all of them? No, but you're going to win, you're going to win a whole bunch of them. So that, that would be one right. micro example of a lot of different things you can do. All right. So that's one example that seems to take what Open Door and Zillow are currently doing and really applying the same tactics or similar tactics to what we can do so that we compete uh, on a similar level in a niche market, right? Here's the other thing, which is, you know, and I think you've seen the video I've done on this, which is start fishing upstream, right? Everybody wants these down funnel, ready to transact leads that they've been buying for a lot of money on the portals, right? Well, that yep. game's over because like I said, they're going commission split. So 35%, it's gonna keep going. There's nothing stopping how much money they take, right? This is yeah, always I agree. To, we know for a fact, it's already been proven, their agent's gonna be willing to go 50-50. And if you're not, then those leads are gonna go to some agent who is. And on top yep. of that, some agent who uses their affiliated services, right? So- yep. See this coming because it is happening now. I've been predicting it for a long time. It is happening now. Plan accordingly. You're saying focus on top of funnel, right? That's it. 
take the consumers out of the stream before they go downstream and hit the portals, right? And hit all these other programs. Get them out, put them into your own fishbowl, create your own fishbowl, create your own home search experience, create your own lead nurture program, create your own marketing and remarketing programs. You can do this, right? The tech is there. We do it, my competitors do it, okay? Build your database and those consumers will keep searching on your site through really sophisticated dynamic remarketing on Facebook and all, all social media. You can keep them off and out of the portals, right? And that's what you need to do. So keep them close to you, and then you don't have to pay out these massive commission splits. So that's another big advice I have. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I think a lot of us who, who have a database, a large or small database, we can easily go, go into Facebook, into the custom audience feature, just upload our database, and just retarget that same audience with whatever message we want so that we're continually uh, in their presence. And I think, you can if do lots of branded stuff, but but Tristan, yeah. I, I would argue that what consumers really want to look at, like our homes, you know, that's and it. if yeah. someone's looking, if someone's looking at homes that, that are really right for them, and if you know, if you're if you go and remarket to them and just remarket to you with your brand, eh, I don't know what's going to happen. But if you remarket to them already knowing, I mean, a sophisticated, you know, behind the scenes algorithm that knows this person is exactly interested in a three hundred and fifty dollars to $400,000 home in these three towns, if you already know that, well, that's what you're going to show them. And when they start yep. looking at those homes, well, guess what? They're signaling that you know, they're going to have to sell their home before they buy a home. So them searching, because you know, 50 to 60% we see of our home searchers already own a home. But before they even think about listing their home, they've got to think about, well, what can they buy? And that becomes the opportunity for Jeff, right, and, and the other LOs, where the second they start searching, well, hey, to help you narrow your search, let's see what you really qualify for, right? And get them to a great lender who can really, really quickly help them see what they qualify for. Now you can go back and really sort of narrow in the search. But it's all got to be on your experience. If it's done on Zillow, game's over. You've already lost. Yeah, as we're seeing Zillow.com as well. Redfin, like, I'm not picking on them. It's like, it's all these guys, right? Yeah. What do you what do you and think they, about you've mentioned twice now about how you 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 envision that a realtor.com or a Zillow is going to essentially steer they're going to incentivize the consumer or, or the agent I guess you should say the agent by using their affiliated services how will they get away with that and not not be considered steering how is respa not going to come down on that Well you know <laughs> it's happening all the time there's a lot of these iBuyer programs who are literally, like I said, they're using the real estate commission as a loss leader, and they're already basically using their escrow services, their title, their yep. escrow. It's already happening. I mean, you know, so look, I'm not a respo attorney, but I'm telling you it's happening. Now, it also probably depends on the political climate, right? The CFPB mm -hmm. was something that you didn't screw around with, you know, five years ago. But now, that organization is gutted, Okay. So you've got to be careful because those pendulums politically can swing back and forth. But the yeah. lawyers have figured out ways, you know, they, they have figured out ways, to, you know, they use language like, hey, you know, you can use any, you know, lender you want, but hey, check these guys out, right? And yeah, like there will be lawsuits, like there will definitely be lawsuits. But I think that what I see is there's only X amount of economic value out there. So, you know, we see five to six million homes bought and sold every year, right? So that's the volume. Yep. 
Now, within each of those five to six million transactions, there's only X amount of economic value. That X amount of economic value that can be extracted is commissions, it's lending, it's title, it's escrow, like it's everyone that's on the settlement statement, right? That's it. So it's that value times the five to six million. That's the economic pie that everyone's competing for. So at first, these digital marketing companies were just like, hey, we're just gonna you know, charge you for our digital marketing programs. But then they hit a ceiling. And if they're publicly traded companies, you can't hit a ceiling. Nope. Publicly traded companies have to grow or their shares tumble. So their appetite for growing their revenues and growing their earnings is insatiable as well it should be because they're publicly traded companies, right? So that means that they always have to take more of this finite economic pie that, that exists, which means that they then shift from just charging for leads to charging more for leads to then commission splits. Start at 35%, go to 40, go to 45, go to 50. Now what? Oh, okay, let's also have lending. Let's also have escrow. Let's also have title, whatever else it is to get more of this finite pool that's out there. So I'm a bit, as you can see, I'm a, I'm a bit, look, those companies, don't get me wrong, I'm not criticizing them. They're doing what a rationally economic actor should do, right? They're of not course, mis- man. misbehaving. I'm not like, they're doing no. what they need to do to grow their business. Like we all do things to grow well, our own. Howard, yeah. at what point do you think, because I, I've been looking at that and I've been, I've been seeing the same thing and telling people about it, just like you. But at what point do you see like a company like a bank like uh, Bank of America or Wells Fargo or someone along those lines come in and say, well, geez, Zillow has amazing data. Why not purchase them, control all this, all these ancillary products that we can offer? Because we know by being a bank, how your credit is. So we can offer them cars. We can offer them everything at that point. Or Amazon. Why doesn't Amazon go ahead and, and just, I mean, Amazon would be the perfect purchaser for Zillow, right? I, I, I think, don't think that, I don't, look, I don't think that Amazon needs to purchase Zillow, you know. Well, I, dude, it's like they can accelerate what they want to do in the first place. It's like, why did they purchase Whole Foods, right? They didn't want to have to build out everything. So they can do the I, same thing with Zillow. They, they could, right? But at the end of the day, there's probably a lot less expensive purchases out there okay because like lab code agents or wilopo i'm just saying because, because i would because I, because what i would argue is that the reason why amazon could get into this game and could be you know a huge player in the game is because it's a place where people go to shop right so yep. at that point you want to go to amazon you want to leverage their brand and mm-hmm. a lot of what you're buying because zillow is not really profitable is would be buying their brand right now i understand you're buying their their portal their technology this and that but at that point then you're keeping the people go to zillow but you know, I think someone with deep pockets can, and, and, you know, who technically has done what they've done, which technically you've got your sort of broker license and reciprocity in all, in all these states, you now have the data. Anyone that can get access to the data, which is the listings, what you really need is just a big pocketbook. You need a big pocketbook to crush it on TV ads. So everyone's heard me before. I use, I use the example of Geico insurance. So, you know, what does Geico stand for? Well, I've only had like one person ever be able to answer that question. Geico stands for government employee insurance company because many, many years ago, they only sold insurance to government employees. And then one day they were like, we've got everything built, right? We we sell insurance, but why are we only selling it to this sliver of the market? Why don't we sell to everybody? 
So what did they have to do? Did they have to go buy State Farm? Did they have to go buy Allstate? No, they didn't have to. They went, yeah. they spent, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on the on best lizard. commercials that we've ever seen. That's right. And we still don't know what Geico stands for. We don't care, but they became an instant player, okay? So really, at the, at the end of the day, when I look at it, what is Zillow? What is Realtor.com? They spend a tremendous amount of money on marketing. And, you know, if, so, I'm, if I'm Dan Gilbert, man, if I'm Dan Gilbert at Quicken, I'm, I'm going to spend $200 million on Rocket Homes, <laughs> right? I've already got a lending company, right? I've already got that. I'm going to go Rocket Homes is going to become a national brand like that. And I don't need to buy Zillow to do that. All right. So, Howard, I'm going to play a game here. You're Gary Keller. Your, your new name is Gary Keller. I wish. I wish I was that smart and that rich. What would you do with Keller Williams to shift into this market? Or any brokerage for that matter. Well, no, I'm talking about Gary Keller. 170,000 agents. Okay. You've got huge influence. You've got a bucket load of money. And you're not a publicly traded company. You know, their shift, as I said in the beginning of the call, has been to become a very sort of technology-focused company. Like, that's yeah. how they see it. And I, I do understand what he's trying to do and what they're, what they're trying to do. But I think, ultimately, whoever wins the consumers, right? Yep. Wins the now, I do, not, I do not think that there's going to be one winner. I just don't. No. I don't think it's a monopoly. I think Zillow can have massive market share and Realtor.com can yeah. have massive market share and Redfin and all these guys. But mm -hmm. I think ultimately, and I'm, and, and I'm predicting it here, I think ultimately you're going to see the marketing really, really heat up like insurance. So have you ever watched any ball game where you haven't seen an Allstate or a State Farm or a Progressive or a Geico commercial? That's true. You cannot yeah. turn on the television you cannot turn on the television without seeing a insurance TV commercial. Hmm. Cannot do it. Interesting. And All I right. think that's where we're going to go eventually. So to go back to Keller, I don't know, man. Like, do you want to play in that game? It's an expensive game to play in. He's playing an yeah. expensive game. He's spending a lot of money on tech. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, you can have all the badass tech in the world, right? But ultimately, you've got to spend money on marketing. And that's what we do for the little guys. I'm, I'm, I'm all for the, for the Davids, right? And for the Davids, that could be a solo agent. It could be a small independent brokerage, right? That's got 400 agents. That's still a small, that's still a David in the, in the scheme of things. That's not like yeah. a system with 100,000 agents on it, okay? And our job is to empower solo agents, small teams, medium-sized teams, large teams, independent brokerages, power them with not just the, the, the requisite technology, right, on the nurture side, but it's to basically handle the most sophisticated digital marketing because that's where the little guys can compete. The little guys can't go spend $150 million on TV ads with Zillow. Can't do it. No, right? no. Gary but Keller that's – Gary Keller probably that, could. But, the little but guys that's could. also how, how the little guy like, like me, that's how we can win because it's a niche, right? That's exactly. how we can shift. We go all in in a niche area instead of trying to blanket this whole bigger area, right? right. And that's where a company like yours – can come in and help us out. I get that, man. I get look, that. Look, look, with Gary Keller, I think he's going down the right path. I think making sure that you're, that you're viewed as a tech-focused you know, company. They've got great culture. They've got leadership. They've got education. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of different pillars you need. So whether you're EXP or Compass or Keller or Remax, you need these pillars. And it's difficult to do these pillars correctly. Like 
Keller traditionally has done the culture piece really well, the leadership piece, thought leadership piece really well, the coaching yeah. piece really well, right? The tech piece is where they're catching up now, okay? But I think that the piece that they're going to be missing is that direct-to-consumer piece. I, I think that I know how they can solve it, specifically know how they can solve it, but our job is to solve it for our clients. And our clients are with all the brokerages. We have fantastic clients like you that are with Keller, fantastic clients. I have the largest Remax team you know, in the world as a client. We've got fantastic EXP clients. Um, we'll be helping them with like, you know, recruiting and all that kind of stuff. We love working with agents from Berkshire, Realogy, like all the brands. Like that's what's cool about what I do. We've got high-end luxury people with Compass and Sotheby's and all that. And we've got folks that, that work in bread and butter communities selling, you know, $175,000 homes. We run the full gamut. And I think it's really, really, really cool to not dip into my client's commissions, number one. <laughs> Wait, so you're not telling me you're gonna shift and take 40% of my paycheck? No, okay, it's good. a partnership, man. It's a long-term partnership. And we focus on what we focus on, so you guys can focus on what you focus on, have you dominate your local market and compete with the big boys. That's my mission, and it's really yeah. cool to have a mission where my clients love us and love what we're doing for them not like any business. I need to grow. I need to have a profitable business, right? We're not a charity. But when I can have a business that's good for my company, my employees, my investors, as well as my clients, that's the holy grail. And that's what I shoot to do. By the way, I, I disagree. Howard is going to shift because we've talked about shifting. He's going to shift into the mortgage space. Well, uh, <laughs> I, think that we can, I think that we can help loan officers. I think that we can help LOs across the country in terms of helping them advertise, helping them create better digital assets. I think they're really, really far behind the times. But you know, will we get to it? We will get to it. We will help those folks. But helping those folks helps my real estate clients you know, as well. So I don't see it as antithetical to what we're doing now. Which, by the way, we're already doing that. I mean, we're in our market. We brought, you know, we we got a bunch of agents here in our market doing Y Lopo, and we're 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 in it with them. We're getting in the dashboard. We're working in it, and it's it's working well. That's awesome. All right, man. Well, anything you want to add to wrap up? No, I mean, I want to thank Labcoat. I mean, when you know, it was like already a few years ago. When it's a really funny story, but it's like probably more than two years ago. And, you know, Tristan and I were texting back and forth. And I said, Tristan, come on. you got this really big community. Just let them know about Ylopo. And he's like, ah, come on. You know, I, you know, I don't want to do that. I'm like, come on. Just let them know that we exist. And Tristan was like, all right, stop hounding me, Howard. All right. So then he drops this thing because he was using it. And he loved us, right? He dropped this thing on Labcoat. And we're like working out of our little house, you know, in Venice Beach, crowded space. And all of a sudden, the, it was just awesome, man. It was just like our phones, text messages, emails. It was like off the hook for an entire week. It was crazy because no one had ever heard about us. And honestly, way back then, we weren't great. Like we were okay, but we didn't, Tristan will tell you, like, we didn't have half the tech that we have now because we've just built so much in the last few years. But I want to thank, you know, thank you guys. I want to thank LabCode because in a sense, you kind of gave us that little that little nudge, that little, that little push in the beginning. So I'm, I'm forever indebted to Labco for doing that. I'm uh, glad that's recorded. We're just going to play that over. That's going to be my ringtone, Howard, saying I'm hey. forever indebted to – oh, it's Howard. Let me pick that up. Hey, man, I'm a, I'm a karma man. What goes around comes around. Like You guys have been good to us, been good, good people. And, and that doesn't mean that everyone 
that every team uh, hits their stride with us so that everyone's been a success story. It's, it's not true, right? We are right for certain people and certain teams. We're not a cure-all or total panacea for all your, your ills and bad business yeah. process, whatever it is. But uh, I'm a karma guy, man. So like what goes around comes around and you got to be good to the, to the people that have been good to you. That's true, man. Same here. Jeff, anything you want to add? Any takeaways? No, man. But like I uh, said in the very beginning, this has been, uh, you know, mind blowing that everything, every time we get a chance to talk to you, it's, it's so awesome to listen to you, to talk about the market, to talk about the shifts, to talk about what's yeah. happening in the industry, because you have a lot to share. I really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, very true, yeah always, man. I, I'm, I'm only smart because, and, and Tristan knows this, I surround myself with really, really infinitely smarter people than myself you know, who are building all this badass tech and where we're going right now, by the way, future trend, you know, I'll drop in a little future trend where we're going with artificial intelligence is both scary and exciting at the same time. What's funny is like I own, I own a social media company yet. I personally don't like social media, which is pretty funny. Right? <laughs> um, That's funny. And I personally would be pushing the envelope of artificial intelligence using it to help agents build communications and nurture consumers along this relationship. But I personally, it scares the heck out of me. We will literally get to a point because we're super focused on like AI text and getting conversations going and then having the agents pick up those conversations, taking that to the next level, using all of the actionable intelligence that we're gathering every day on what consumers are looking at. But Jeff and Tristan, I'm telling you like where this is going is they will literally learn you know, Jeff's voice. It'll literally learn Tristan's voice. And literally, Tristan, who's not really Tristan, will be having a back and forth phone conversation with a consumer that eventually yeah. real Tristan will take over in the same exact voice. You heard it here. It's coming. It's frightening, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen, obviously, not just in our industry, but in a lot of dude, industries. No. That was the conversation we were having last week. Exactly the same thing, dude. I agree. Yeah, it's already been being tested out with certain banks. So you hit it right on the head. So, guys, thank you. We have Jeff Fitzer, Howard Tager with YLOPO, just in case you didn't know. And Tristan Almada, thanks so much, everybody. Have a great day. See you guys. Lab Coat Agents Podcast.